All right, time to welcome in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and his weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. How are my friends this morning? Excellent. You? Apparently excellent also. I'm great. I did a whole basketball breakdown of Donovan Mitchell and Bradley Beal and looked at whether Bradley Beal's the model for Donovan going forward. Felt very, felt very good to like do something like that. Why Bradley Beal, I'm afraid to ask. Well, because Bradley Beal jumps, you know, one shooting guard, point guard, hybrid. I think they're similar, 6'3", six, 6'1". Six, I think Donovan is 6'1", is a big 6'1". So I think that sense they're similar. Uh, Beal's jumped to 30 points a game scoring this year from 17 originally, then to 22, then to 26. Mm-hmm. And what did he, you know, what, what has he done? What's allowed him to make that jump? Donovan's on this kind of nice trajectory, but then floated around, not always being totally efficient. And Bradley Beal's been able to get a bit more efficient. And so even while scoring 30 points a game. And so what are the, what are the, things you can see from Bradley Beal and what translates to Donovan Mitchell. You speak of this hybrid. Is that what it's going to be going forward, that that's not going to be the unusual? It's actually going to be the way the position is played? Well, I think it actually might have as much to do with the players like Joe Ingles or even a boy on Bogdanovich a little bit. That everyone's going to be able to handle. And so, you know, when they, if you go back and look at like the Stockton Jazz, when Jeff Malone is the two, like he can't handle. Like they kept trying, we kept trying in the old days to give Jeff Malone a chance to to play the point guard, and it always was like a disaster. We always end up, you know, Delaney Rudd was so bad. We try it in the playoffs every year, and it wouldn't work. And then you've got Hornacek who could kind of do both things, and that was unique at the time. But Brian Russell couldn't handle, and David Benoit couldn't handle, and. Ronnie Brewer in the Darren Williams era couldn't handle, but that's over. Every single player that comes in this league now is so skilled with so many um, things that they can do with the ball in their hands that there's no need to have the dominating single point guard player anymore. And so in, in as much as a hybrid, I think it has to do with how skilled every other player is. In the case of Donovan specifically, the number one thing, I mean, there's two things he really needs to do to his game, but one of them is find a way to actually get more catch-and-shoot threes. This is one of the, you know, three or four or five elite-level catch-and-shoot shooters in the NBA. He's been over 40% catch-and-shoot three for all three of his first years. That's unheard of. Like, that, there are very, very few players that do it, and yet he takes way more off-the-bounce threes than he does catch-and-shoot threes because he's always creating for himself. So there needs to be a level where somebody else is at times creating and finding Donovan to allow him to use what is probably his best skill, his pure shooting. Of course, the question is, will he get those catch-and-shoot threes? Will anybody ever leave him? Because a lot of times you get those when guys rotate off you. But if you're shooting over 40%, they're not going to leave you, and those are going to be harder to get, even though he does have, well, obviously Conley and Joe Ingles to create. So, if Bradley Beal's getting four a game, Donovan can get four a game. Going to have to screen for him then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they're doing it and what they're doing. And, you know, it's not as though Scott Brooks has thought of it as some offensive marvel. So, are they doing it early? Or are they doing it? I don't know. I mean, the chances are I've done a bunch of studies this summer on when you get certain types of shots and where shots are effective in the shot clock and things of that nature. And 
I mean, I think those are probably have to be a little early. Um, we're so great middle of the shot clock as a team. Um, one of the best in the league and, and uh, become more efficient as, as we get into that middle range of the shot clock and do things that other teams can't do. That's our strength. How do you not lose that while maybe adding that early catch and shoot three or something of that sort to get that for someone like Donovan? I, I don't know exactly when they come, but that's worth, that's worth looking into. Um, you know, Davis Bertans, Duncan Robinson, these players are changing the league, but they're six, seven, six, eight. And they're able to get their shots off with, uh, at a high level three. And so the next, you know, that's why I use Bradley Beal for this conversation because you have to find out, you know, who the six one, who the six three guy is that's able to find a way to get those looks. And then particularly get those looks when the defense is zeroed in on. So I want to make sure you say his shooting is his best skill. Absolutely. Then and I actually other... untap, still untap. Like I actually think when you think of Clay Thompson, like coming around curls, catching on the wing, elevating, squaring his shoulders, banging down that shot, that's in Donovan's repertoire. We haven't done you done it yet, but that's in his game. What stuff does he need to improve on then to move up to get some other stuff at that level? Uh, he's got to get the foul line more, and he's got to get out of the floater zone into the rim. Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal has done something remarkable in his game in his ability to draw fouls. He's gone from like four free throws a game to eight. It's really unheard of. Um, and how he's doing it, he drew more fouls this season in whatever, 65 games than he did in 82 last year. So what he's done in that realm, I'm not sure. Worth looking into. Um, you know, this numbers are valuable. How, you know, film will tell you what's been done. Um, and then Beal has stayed out of that floater zone that Donovan has, has kind of lived in a little more than he probably needs to. Donovan needs to move probably a shot a night out of the floater zone and to the rim and then add a shot a night at the rim and also draw some fouls. That's a huge ask right there. But he's capable. He's great. There's only 10 guys in the league who average seven free throws a night. How does Donovan get into that group? Because a guy like Trey Young is already there. Doncic is a bigger guy, so I get why he's there. Um, But Beal, Damian Lillard, Trey Young. Those are the models. Yeah, those are. Those those three, you've got to figure out, got to go watch what they're doing. And then I don't have it in front of me, but if you pull up basketball reference, what games? Dame used to have a lot of rim problems early in his career. Um, and he's evolved and gotten better. Uh, actually, he against Gobert is this like fascinating matchup on the evolution of both those guys' careers. Like early, Dane could never finish when Gobert was on the floor. Then he figured it out. Then Rudy figured back out how to guard out on the floor a little bit better. It's been a really interesting kind of if you look at that um, matchup. Uh, but it'd be interesting to look at the free throw progression that's taking place uh, in Dame's career. Trey Young is really incredibly awesome in a bunch of categories that lead you to believe that he, he's really, really special. Um, one of which is free throws for a player his size that his year in the second year in the league is unheard of. And the other one that's really interesting, David, is if you look at two metrics, one is passes from the paint to shooters and also passes it uh, to players at the rim. Almost all of the successful players to do that are Ben Simmons, LeBron James, James Harden, 
Luka Doncic. They're all six five or bigger, and they're able to see over the defense and make that pass out. And the one name that's in all of those groups that doesn't seem to fit is Trey Young. It's incredible. Hey, curious if you have, uh, now that you've got the uh, schedule laid out here as far as eight regular season games in Orlando, if you've uh, doped that out for teams three, four, five, and six, how are Denver, Utah, Oklahoma City, and Houston likely to end up? And will any of them move out of that group? Might Dallas or the Clippers, you know, they're two and seven right now. Well, we don't have official schedules yet, so I have not done that. I, I'm hearing we'll get those in a few weeks. Um, so, I, you know, I don't – the thing that was reported conceptually is nice that you just kind of go through your schedule and find the teams that are of the 22 in the bubble and then play those. It doesn't work perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, it just does – like, I've done – you can look at it and it doesn't line up exactly right. To do that, some teams would end up playing nine games, some teams would play seven. So there's going to be some adjustments. So the fine, you know, I would, you know, at some point, are the Jazz really going to end up playing the Spurs twice? What's that last game? I think it's against Dallas. Will we play that game? Like, or will we end up playing somebody else? I, I'm not certain how this is going to play out. Eastern Conference is far more complicated. There's only nine teams there. So I, I, I'm waiting to see what, I think that's a ballpark of what we're doing, but I don't think it's actually a representation. You talk about Mitchell eliminating the floater and going to the rim. Is that just a matter of continuing to the rim? What does that actually mean? Um, it's a great question, PK. Uh, so one of the things that's difficult is probably he's a two-foot jumper versus a one-foot jumper naturally. So some of it, I think, from a skill standpoint, um, without getting totally out of my realm of, and, and un- probably not understanding enough, from a basketball realm to answer this question. Uh, but that's my first kind of basketball take is learning how to use one foot a little bit. Um, there's probably a slight mentality change in there of right now and early in Donovan's career he became elusive and an ability to kind of get around the defense and use his wiggle to be able to avoid contact. And there's probably some aspect of being willing to, to take that contact. Um, He's such a great learner and, and has always shown that ability. Um, so there's some fine line in there that you're, you know, you got to be willing to have the contact at, at the rim rather than avoiding the contact as a floater. And then um, that's also how you're drawing fouls. The other one that's really interesting I looked into during this uh, period of time, I've done a lot of research projects that have yielded nothing. Um, every now and then I did something that came up with something, and that is where people draw fouls. And it's worth noting that actually most fouls are drawn in the paint, non-restricted areas, not at the rim. So my analytical take on this, without any basketball coaching or knowledge on it, is that the problem with the floater is that you've committed to the shot in a time period where Harden and Lillard and the guys drawing the foul are still keeping a dribble and drawing contact to draw a foul in that area. But I, from what I looked at, where fouls are drawn, they're not drawn at the rim. The, the players, my guess on this, again, I'm guessing, is that players have gotten so good with verticality and understanding how to protect the rim that you actually aren't getting that foul call at the rim like you did in the old days. So you're having to get that foul call early by making contact off the bounce before you get to the rim and then committing to the shot there. Again, analytics are nice, 
Film work is the answer on David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us. Should Jazz fans get their hopes up? Mike Conley looked like he was playing his best basketball right before the season stopped. Now Bogdanovich is out, which means there's going to be more possessions, more shots available for somebody else. Is this perfect for Conley to kind of slide back? Not exactly, but more towards what his role was in Memphis. Yeah, maybe. I mean, certainly be awfully glad you have Mike Conley because you lose 20 points a game out of Boyan Bogdanovich and you want to know where we're going to find him. That you know, You've got another guy who's averaged 20 points a game and hasn't been asked to do that is going to have to do it. So, um, yeah, I think you know that Mike's value is going to be tremendous uh, at this point um, because of to, to pick up that slack. Uh, the other thing I think where Mike's going to be really, really valuable is if you want to write the script on how the Jazz win games, I think, you know, it's shooting. Uh, and you've lost Boyan Bogdanovich's 40% shooting, though Niang's going to take some minutes there, and he'll, he'll be able to match that, and Royce is going to have to shoot really, really well. Uh, but Mike's, you know, one of the elite shooters as well, and so how can you find some opportunities? I mean, you're going to have to really find a way to get a pick-and-roll game going with your three-point guards, Donovan, or three ball handlers, Donovan, Mike and Joe, and have them being able to find open three-point shooters off of that game. And, and maybe a little bit of an accelerated piece as well, but we're going to be such a bad rebounding team that it's going to be hard to play with an accelerated pace when you've got to bring everybody back to rebound. You think going forward there, the guards are going to need to have the same type of skills, meaning they can be interchangeable and play both positions that we'll be recognized as a one and a two? I think you're going to have to be really, really special in this league to be under 6'4 and play. And it might get to be 6'5. So Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell. But you're when you're scouting players – and looking at a collegiate player, if they're going to be a pro player, my thought right now is if you're under 6'4", 6'5", you better be really special. So the, the backup six-foot point guard is, uh, is history? That's all done? They're going to be looking for guys in college who are 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", who can handle the ball and turn them into backup, backup guards? I'm get, uh, that's my guess. I and mean, if less, if you're six feet, six one, six two, you better have an off the bounce. Devonte Graham in Charlotte. I, I'm gonna. I don't have it in front of me. I'm gonna guess top ten off the bounce three point shooter right now. Like you better have that. Um, if you're gonna do, I you know, I'm just guessing where the trends are going. There is also a point where there aren't enough players in the cupboard that fit the description I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, the other players exist still. Um, there might not be enough six foot four, six foot five players to actually fill your roster spots. And so then, you know, you you end up with the players that are doing that. But, like, like I love the draft. I don't know if it'll ever pan out, but I love the Mia One draft pick. Like, he's long. He's six four, six five. Like... Like he, like that, just has got a chance to do all sorts of different things this league. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe he's going to be good enough. Maybe he's not. It's a late second round pick. The chances are he's not. But that type of player has has a chance. You know, I think the other one to look at is when you're 
we're just talking about draft and non-superstar players, and you're trying to find a way in the league. I'm stealing someone's thoughts right now. So if he's listening, he can take this as a compliment. Um, but you got to have multiple paths to play if you're not a superstar. So if you're coming in the league and you're – only thing you can do is be a backup, you know, be a six foot tall point guard. Then the only way you're going to play is if you either are better than the guy in front of you, or you know, I mean, there's only one path to play, right? That one position on the roster. If you're six four, six five, six six, six seven, there's multiple paths by which you play. You might be able to do this or that. You could play a little. It, it, you can fit into the rotation. And Royce O'Neal is a great example. Of this right. Royce O'Neal has played multiple different positions for the Jazz in different manners and excelled in almost all of them. Uh, and that's, he's had multiple paths to play. Frankly, Joe kind of fits into that a little bit. Like, he's long enough and he's got ball handling skills so he can play kind of some one, but he's big enough that if he has to guard a four, he can do that. And he plays some three and he's athletic. His length makes him cover up for any deficiencies athletically if he's guarding. His length actually makes him a good athlete kind of in an untalked-about way. Like, he's a good example of that. Royce is, you know, lacks athleticism, but is able to use his pure body strength to be able to slide anywhere between the two, three, and four and, and handle any of those positions defensively. His shooting's got good enough he can play. Um, so, he, you know, I, I think that's what I'm talking about, is that you have multiple paths to play to get into this league. If you're the six-foot-tall point guard, you better be really special. Well, from John Crotty to uh, Jacques Vaughn to Raul Neto, we, we've seen a lot of those guys come through town. I, I, I think maybe your other point is there just aren't enough Joe Ingles-sized guys who can handle the ball. Yeah, I, I think that every single player that comes in League 6, 9, or below is going to be able to. Like, I mean, think about how, I know Brandon Ingram's really, really good, but like, the, the, the Brandon Ingram of the past didn't used to be able to handle. Right? That's new. Like, think about how many six, nine guys in our league can handle. He's David Locke. He joins us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, thanks for a few minutes. You bet. My pleasure. You guys are awesome. Keep it going.